Hello there ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of CookieCast. Today on CookieCast is the wrestling podcast getting over. We're all here, we're all talking wrestling, we've got uh, Fastlane, premium live event, whatever happened to pay-per-views. Um, yes, we've got Fastlane coming up, so we are talking about who's got the prediction title this time. Who's definitely winning it next time? Who's predicting correctly? Is there a tiebreaker? Is it going to be won by somebody that's not me? Find out shortly. Before we get started, please do consider like, share, subscribe and comment. Leave a review where you can leave a review. Get the podcast out there into the world, people. Word of mouth is a wonderful thing. It's a great thing for podcasting. It's a big help. So uh, the big one on the list is if you can share the podcast around, we do appreciate it. Right, enough from me. Let's uh, let's get talking wrestling. Here we go. This is Cookie Cast getting over. Recording in progress. Hello, we're back. Welcome, one and all, to the latest episode of Getting Over right here on CookieCast. Uh, we're back once again to discuss all the things WWE and a bit of wrestling in general. Um, to help me along with those discussions, the band are back together. Full house today, ladies and gents. So without further ado, let me introduce you to Mr. Andy Cook, Mr. Paul Williams... And a returning Mr. Matthew Moore. How are we? Very, very well, sir. How are you? Good. Yeah, not too bad. Um, obviously, just it's just your average average day in uh, getting overland. Talking about all of the matches that definitely, definitely haven't just been added within the last seventy two hours and and caused some. Yeah. Anyway, we'll get to that. Uh, but yeah, seeing as the band are back together, there's only one thing. Uh, one thing to start with, and that is the predictions title. Oh, uh, Paul, Paul. Paul's given it, so you know there you go. Um, That's just you said the you said the band, didn't you? So obviously, yeah, uh, just a little a little Easter egg for all the uh, all the all the in the all the all the ITK on the uh, what is it the I IWC. Oh, the, those that should be watching and subscribing on YouTube, Paul, you mean? Yeah, yeah, that's that, those are the ones. There you go. You, um, you know who you are. So, we'll, let's say we'll start with the predictions title, and last time Andy held on to the gold, which is a bit of a rarity these days, as we discussed last time around. So can he do it again? Payback offered the opportunity of six glorious points. So how do we get on? Well, the answer is almost too well. Three of us managed to pull a score of five out of six. Which is insane. Although saying that, I, I think I recall on last time's podcast that we were like, oh man, our predictions are very, very similar. That'll be why then. Um, but yeah, a clean sweep, correct calls on Becky Lynch winning, on Rey Mysterio winning, and Rhea Ripley winning. Everybody had that. KO and Sami Zayn let down Andy... Matt and myself, as well as obviously the tag team they were part of. Uh, the Miz let down Paul, and as did old Shinny Knack. And for that reason, 
it's over to Mr. Williams with a little triple threat tiebreaker action on this episode. Which is absolutely fine, and uh, I will give that tiebreaker question forthwith. But I would just like to say, um, at no point was John Cena announced as the special guest referee for the Miz versus LA Knight match, which immediately upon finding that, I was like, well, that's me screwed out of a point. Well, they only announced it as it like went live, didn't they? Because he was exactly. announced the host shortly after we recorded, exactly. um, and then uh, he just yeah interjected. Um, but yeah, Absolutely. Spe- speaking of Cena it's... interjections, we'll uh, we'll come to that later on. Disgusting. But so for your tiebreaker question, obviously because it's a three-way tie, I've decided to try and do a closest to the pin question to try and make it. Well, not fair, because that's the, the, the sort of way of the world. So, obviously, back in August, um, we had a wrestling show by one of the big two companies in the US over here in the UK. And it was the highest paid attendance of all time. Or was it? So, my question is, what is the difference between the declared purchased ticket numbers and the turnstile number count provided by Brent Council? So, you're looking for a number. I'll just give you a clue. It's in the thousands. So, obviously, it, so obviously Tony Khan came out in the, pre, in, the, in the post-match, in the post-show scrum, whatever it's classed as, and gave the number of the purchased tickets or the tickets that were sold for the event and then the the, the Brent Council provided a number of actual turnstile entrants I suppose would be the, uh, the best way to sort of class it so what's the difference in those two numbers obviously I'll just do closest to the, uh, the um, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not googling I'm setting up a thing so I can write it down yeah I know but the other two I haven't put theirs yet but I haven't written anything. I'm just showing. I'm not. Googling. Oh, sorry. I'm not. I thought you were blank. showing your answer. I was it's like, blank. whoa. Well, it's Andy's prerogative, obviously, as defending champion, if he wants to go first, second, or third, I guess. Do you all have your guesses? Yeah, I have a guess. I do. Okay. So obviously, of course, Paul takes his opportunity to try and troll AEW. No, no. But look, listen, they, they, this is this is this is always going to happen when basically all that, Mel, all that Meltzer does is come out and says, "Ah, none of WWE's figures are ever correct for their sort of declared attendance." Oh, AEW would never do anything like that. And then the second that it comes out that they're shit out as well, he's like, "Oh no, no." And um, it's 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 very very easy to uh, to see why why this is in the case. Oh, yeah, didn't even have to try there. Yeah, you know, <laughs> at the end of the day, fuck that guy. So, you know, sorry, sorry. The uh, the podcast designation for this week definitely not PG. But then again, when is it ever? Um, so, uh, uh, answers, please, Jeff. Andy, you go first, second, or third. I'll go. I'll go first. I have. Four thousand five hundred and one. Uh, Matthew, is yours higher or lower than that figure? Higher than that. 
5732. Stu, is yours higher or lower than Matt's figure? Much higher. I went okay. 18,704. Wow. So, the correct answer, or the closest answer, and new getting over champion is Mr. Matthew Moore, ladies and gentlemen. Well played, sir. So the correct number was 8,770 difference. So the declared attendance, or the declared paid attendance that Tony Khan gave was 81,035. And apparently Brent Council's turnstile number that was declared was 72,265. So yeah, a difference of 8,770 See, I, I, I probably went way over because I, I thought it was something like 83,000 gate, but only like, well, 18,704 less than that. So um, I'm sure I'd, I, I knew that they'd been up to up to something, but um, maybe we can justify this as they're still not um, fudging them quite as much as WWE, shall we say? <laughs> well, it was quite funny, wasn't it? Because they basically went into it, like, apparently when WWE takes their numbers, they basically take anyone that's like you know working at the concession stands anyone that's parking cars in the uh, in the car park anyone that basically just happened to walk their dog past the arena at the time the pay-per-view was on and stuff like that anybody who's the, ever the put amount, the three the letters the on the, they went on the same place same time i wonder if it's a case of if you classed if your postcode put you as being sort of like near the stadium but not in it they can still class you as part of the attendance if you sort of... I mean, they're probably counting any fetuses, unborn fetuses, <laughs> fetuses, that yeah. kind of, you know... Did a, did a straw poll of any women that uh, entered... Don't, don't suppose you're pregnant at the moment, are you, darling? I am, as a matter of fact. You're having uh, quadruplets, you say? Amazing! Just, just a, woman, a woman in balls, that counts. Yeah. A woman gave birth about six months after WrestleMania to 75 kids. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's a world record. <laughs> well, we digress. I'll, uh, I'll hand back to Stu to, uh, to carry it. Lovely stuff. So, yeah, congratulations to Matt, new champion in the midst. Uh, Andy, it was good whilst it lasted, eh? I, I, thought, I thought I had that then when he said new, and then I realised, oh, no, there's three of us. So I had no chance with numbers, because I can't apparently count to three this evening. So... Um, Right, it's been a busy old month news-wise, so we'll get stuck straight in. And probably the first place to start will be the fact that the WWE is no longer owned by the McMahon family. Uh, yeah, merged with the UFC in a takeover completed by, well, as part of the Endeavour deal. Um, so now they are TKO Group Holdings. So, yeah, weird. Living in an era where a McMahon doesn't own WWE. What, like, what? Um, the share price was around $100 US per share at the time of the takeover, and any owners that had complete shares just converted over. To, so if you had like 100 WWE shares, you've now got 100 TKO. Um, and I know so much about that because uh, I had one, uh, 1.44 something to be uh, precise, um, and I very randomly got a check through the post for $44, which will be an absolute delight when I then get £8 after charges for cashing it. So yeah, cheers for that uh, American Stock Exchange. Um, but yeah, the, did you see all of the song and dance around the announcement on the day it went live? 
So they had yeah. the, the two huge belts on on Wall Street. Yeah, so like obviously all this stuff went because they gone. To, did they open the stock exchange as well on that day and stuff like that? And Vince looked particularly creepy. Yeah. Um, but it, kind of, it would be it the analysis of it. At this point, if he just turned up in a purple car with a dog by his side, he would basically just be dick dastardly. He needs the hat. It's the hat that's missing, and I'll tell you I what mean, that means. On the at the open um, stock exchange, they had the full lineup. So there was like Dana White from the UFC side of things. I think Triple H was there. They had the guy who was pressing the button in the middle, and then they had uh, Gomez. Oh, no, sorry. Uh, then they had Vince McMahon. Um, <laughs> if he had the hat, definitely Dick Dastardly. Without the hat, is Gomez Adams all the way. What about when he's wearing a do rag kind of thing as well? <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. Wow. The thing that I don't understand. Is that apparently there's these stories from back in the day? Apparently that he's he's known to be able to grow this like massively thick bushy beard, but he shaves. He, apparently back in the day he shaved constantly because he couldn't let the facial hair win. Because apparently that was just part of his like of his like compulsive personality where he has to win everything. Was that he basically sort of had. But looking at him, that's got to be bullshit. Because I can grow a better moustache than that. Well, I'm not sure about that. <laughs> Ginger a moustache, maybe. But then he probably does. Wow. Wow. <laughs> He's going to put himself on mute now for the rest of the feel like we should swiftly move along so yeah we'll move on from from the takeover but yeah that was that was quite a, a bit a big starter but again not just the only big news item this month so edge his wwe contract is up as as of the 30th of september and then um decided that yeah the very next day he was going to debut for aew at aew wrestle dream now first things first what a shit name for a pay-per-view Wrestle Dream sounds very questionable. <laughs> Obviously, he explained it in that it was like the, it was on the anniversary of Antonio Inoki's passing, mm. and apparently, like it was something like it was his dream to have, you know, these companies working together. Ross, I don't, I don't know, that's how he tried to justify it. The sentiment is lovely. The naming terrible. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> But just before all of this as well, I was going to say Edge had recently celebrated 25 years with WWE, had a whole host of merch launched, including a branded Intercontinental Championship, and WWE celebrated this by uh, letting his contract expire. Edge's contract was up. He debuted under his real name the following night, coming to the aid of Sting and Darby Allin by opposing real-life best friend Christian Cage. So Adam Copeland is all elite. Thoughts on this, Jen? Absolutely top man there. Did you see the press conference afterwards when MJF was listing off the names of the people that were in the company? And he was like, yeah, so we've got Sting, we've got Chris Jericho, we've got Edge. And you can just hear Tony Khan going, Adam Copeland, sorry. His eye roll, you could physically hear the eye roll when he did it. It was like, fucking hell. 
choking, oh. choking on the money that he's had to, that he'll have to pay for copyright. Um, but yeah, he's had to do it a couple of times, were not it? Because I think Kenny Omega almost did it as well. So it's been like <laughs> he can use the he can use the money that he saved by Edge being best friends with Alter Bridge and being able to bring his music with him. Did you did you notice there was a small like sort of tweak to the uh, the entrance music and that it wasn't and um, the world was a slightly different voice I think doing the you not think heard you about it. so it changed from you think you know me to you think you know him and it was a female voice no prizes for guessing it's already been revealed that the female voice that recorded the new uh, intro for the intro. Is Beth Phoenix, but obviously you can't call her Beth Phoenix on AW. So Beth Copeland, maybe. <laughs> is she contracted at WWE as well? I don't know. Uh, actually. Well, she's she's still having a whole host of. She might be on a Legends deal because uh, the last wave of pops that came out had two uh, Beth Phoenix figures in. I mean, if if it wasn't for the fact that you'd then have to look at the back of me for the next five seconds on YouTube, I'd get them because they're just behind me. But uh, yeah, so she must be on some sort of legends deal. That's sketchy on her part. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I'm I'm guessing that she all, also really doesn't give a toss at this point. <laughs> and as um, well, I mean, it's like, does it really matter that much? People know that he's that she's a that she's his husband. Did you see the oh, um, wife? The no, but to maniacs like Vince McMahon, yes. Yeah, yeah but he's not he's not in charge anymore. Maybe they're a bit more chilled out with TKO, who knows? And he's also own AEW anyway, so Yeah, also very true. And he's not listening now, clearly. Um conspiracy ears are not activated. <laughs> hey, I've, sh- I've shared my latest conspiracy theory with you gentlemen and it got almost no traction from any of you so you know <laughs> um person, yes, personally Andy, we, we can't we can't be seen to be fanning the flames we have to keep you grounded sir that's probably a good idea because i would just i'd just start sprouting even more <laughs> nonsense um personally the whole thing has irked me somewhat in the sense that they did the whole the contract's coming up to end. And 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 Edge as he was was like, oh, I just I just don't know what I'm gonna do. I have no idea what I'm gonna do. Who knows what I'll do? Oh, I love WWE me. And then the internet was like he's absolutely going to AEW. And he was like, I, I just don't know what I'm going to do. I can't imagine what I'm going to do. And then turned up at AEW and I was like, oh my God, who could have possibly seen this? I was like, yeah, this is this is what we're doing, is it? It, cool. it could only have been made better if when he put out that video where he was like, yeah, guys, uh, my contract's uh, up. If you could have just heard in the background that sort of, you know, that noise that vehicles make when they reverse. If a, you could have just heard that with money. sort of the, the bank, the bank truck just backing a up, just sort of like of money, yeah. the amount of like rolls of dollars that were just being dumped on his front lawn from Tony Khan. There's a, there's a few things though, because I think in that same video he also had a mug on his coffee table that was like an FTR coffee mug or something like that. 
Um, it's definitely an AEW's uh, team's mug of some description. Um, also, as well, there was the post that I don't know the timing of it because I didn't see it in the in the correct order. I only saw it after the event, but it was from Beth Phoenix uh, of, a, of a post-it note that it apparently left on the fridge, and it said something like, "Beth gone to walk the dog back in a few," but. In the last part of it, there was a capital A, a capital E, and a capital W. So um, he's quite renowned for doing stuff like that online, though, isn't he? Like, he's, he's, he really doesn't care. Um, but yeah, I, I'm on, on the back of what Andy said that, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. Couldn't possibly. He's kind of, then he, when that was going on, he was still under contract. So I guess really he can't say anything. Whereas now he's already been quite open about the fact that he thinks he's got between one and two years left, so um, he wants to wrestle as much as he can. Well, we'll see how true that is because you know he's starting next Wednesday, um, and to, to counteract that, WWE have this. Uh, oh no, is it Wednesday? No, WWE have stacked NXT for next Tuesday to try and bring a few in. Uh, they've already announced Cody's going to be on NXT. Paul Heyman's going to be on NXT. Some new guy that no one's ever heard of called John Cena's going to be on NXT. Uh, so yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, as well, Asuka. Um, I mean, I'm sure they didn't. I'm sure they just told her. But, um, Way! Uh, you're welcome. Um, but, yeah, so it's, it's starting to heat things up a bit. Maybe there was the whole thing at the beginning about Oh, will it, will it be a war? Will it be, uh, you know, there was the Wednesday night war when NXT then moved to, to Tuesday night. Edge going across could be maybe a catalyst for a bit more, but I don't know. At the end of the day, I, I, I'm okay with both companies. I, I'm quite happy to watch wrestling regardless. Um, even if it's bad wrestling sometimes, because then it's funny. Uh, but yeah, I, I, we'll see how it goes. I, I just hope that he gets from it what he wants from it. Um, and doesn't just get pushed to one side. I, I don't expect that he won't because they've got quite a decent track record with, uh, I would say, the old timers in the regards of look at look at Christian at the moment doing some of the best work of his career. Um, Sting been treated right because he's not been you know he's not been put through the ringer every every five minutes. He's been used as he should be used. Um, so I, I don't expect that they'll do him wrong. Um, it's just the impact overall that it'll have. I guess we'll we'll find out. Um, so from we've had one from WWE to AEW, but we've also had uh, within the last month one from AEW to WWE, and that person is Jade Cargill. Tony Khan spoke of Jade Cargill's departure during the media scrum following Wrestle Dream, and he noted that he respects her decision, gave her a classy send off, and explained that the door is always open for her to return. Khan also divulged that his final offer in the contract negotiation was higher than Cargill's original ask. But she declined, much to his surprise. Cargill was shown all over WWE socials, arriving at the Performance Center, and has now been training there for a little over a week. Uh, obviously, yet to debut on TV, but they did give her a nice big mention on Raw this past week, so they've they've definitely acknowledged it. Not only now on the socials, but on TV. Uh, thoughts on that signing, gents? Whatever I saw of her on AEW, <clears throat> she's a. This way, I don't want to sound like a male chauvinistic pig, but it's not. It's, she's a look as opposed to a wrestler. She's got the physique of a of a wrestler, the physique of someone like that. 
but her wrestling skills are poor would be my analysis of it. It's it smacks of very much um, Goldberg uh, when he was in WCW and she's already lost. So, can't bring that with you, can you? So, not in WWE she's not, though. Good point. When you try and <laughs> change your name something that's else to, to boil down to. or something like that. That would be incredible. I think there's potential there. She's um, like you say, potential. She's, just she look. It's not going to be she, this. She certainly looks the part. So whether that can translate into uh, in-ring skills, obviously we'll sort of wait to see. But I reckon there's I reckon there's potential, and obviously if she can talk, then that'll be half the battle for it. I really like her. I think she's got. Like you say, it's it's, it's unlimited potential, really. Because yes, the look, she knows what she's doing with her social media stuff, assuming that she's allowed to carry on with that herself. Um, but if she's now gone to the PC just to get sort of dialed in a little bit, it's 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 only positive things. My worry for her would be that because she comes with a bit of a name, is that they skip her straight to the main roster. Because if they do that, I think she'll get lost in the shuffle. Whereas Can't if they go. Can't see it personally. I think she'll start on NXT. Yeah, if they're going to do it right, then they've got to they've got to send her through NXT first. I think. But yeah, again, another one that will remains to be seen. We do have some news about the NXT roster, uh, but seeing as the news is so big and uh, Matt's celebration of his predictions title uh, was was such such an event, I feel like we might need a little little rest just for us. Not for you, the listeners. You won't even notice a thing. We'll be right back momentarily uh, to continue our news. Recording in progress. See, we're back. Didn't take two seconds at all. Uh, so yeah, as we as we've just mentioned, a WWE hiring. As always with WWE, if there's been some hiring, you know full well that was preceded by some firing. Most of the following. Uh, were released on the 21st of September, the same day as WWE announced a premium live event in Australia for next year. Tanil Dashwood, better known as Emma to WWE fans, tweeted the details and exclaimed her delight in WWE coming back to her home country and then was let go just hours later. A little bit awkward. Uh, but yeah, most of the cuts was took it, place from the... Was it even hours? hours? I'm pretty sure it was like 43 minutes between the tweets or something like that. <laughs> yeah, there wasn't, there wasn't long. Surely somebody would have thought, mm, maybe we could uh, let her know before we put the announcement someone, out. Because, someone you know, in the PR department's got to have a thing there, and they just like you know engage engage the brain. You know, Australians not particularly known for being really fucking patriotic either, are they? You know, so instantly gonna gonna promote something anyway. By the by. So most of the cuts took place from the NXT roster, some of whom hadn't even made their in-ring debut. Uh, but there were some notable names, so the ones that we'll recognise. Um, Mustafa Ali, Rick Boogs, Shelton Benjamin, Riddick Moss, Aaliyah, Elias, Top Dollar, Dana Brooke, Mace, Mansoor, Matt Riddle, and Dolph Ziggler. Now... Riddle was actually the, the last to be released, and he was the day after everybody else. Um, obviously, not a part of NXT uh, right now, but um, seemingly had a little bit of heat 
surrounding uh, his release, and his was more rumored to be on the back of um, the the issues within the takeover. So, obviously, WWE and UFC are together now. Um, Riddle still carrying some heat from uh, is is uh, how can I put his outlook on life, perhaps. Um, from his time in, in UFC, it just seems a little bit of a coincidence that they're uh, jumping into bed with each other and now Riddle has gone pretty much immediately. Um, any any thoughts on any of the cuts? Oh, Paul's talking away to himself there, but nobody can hear. Keep forgetting that, keep muting it in case I keep coming back as like the feedback. Um, yeah, Ziggler was probably the surprising one. Well, not the surprising the most of the surprises that would what would have been the one that was the most surprising he just sort of felt like he was going to be one of those guys that was just going to be there for the rest of time until he got moved into like an agent role or something like that behind the scenes um yeah I don't know I just assumed he was a lifer completely like it's one of them though where I feel like it's particularly the later part of his career he's given them everything and got absolutely nothing back like He's, he, I, I am very much on of the opinion that he deserved better than what he's ended up with there. So you can't, like, I know that they, they've let him go, but I would hope that he, if I mean, presumably he wants to pursue wrestling still, um, but I would hope that he is one of the ones that ends up at, um, you know, AEW. But he would, for me, have a bigger impact on that company than Edge will, because Edge will be there for a short time, um, and that's it, really. Like, you could see it being one run and done, especially if like an injury crops up. Whereas with Ziggler, he's he's got a bit more left in the cast tank. I would have thought. Yeah. Well, the fact that he's been there, you know, what Edge originally retired, what however many years ago, spent so long out at WWE, came back, then got injured at WrestleMania. That was was that the COVID one or the one was it the then spent a load of time out, then came back, then got injured again, and spent another load of time out, and then has come back for a kind of briefish run at the world as he did the Judgment Day stuff, and then hasn't really done a whole lot, kind of thing, whereas Ziggler's always been there, always doing something, and always been involved, and like I said, though, in the past, what, five years, if not longer, it's just been... He just he's just been jobbing to people at times, and it just feels it feels a shame, like a massive waste of talent kind of thing. So hopefully he'll go to AEW and get get to do something. I think he definitely falls into that category of what could have been. Yeah, like he. I mean, obviously he won the world title, but um, he definitely would have been in that bracket in years to come. Even dare I say it, revered like to the, the the level of Piper in the sense of the impact that he had at the time, but maybe not appreciated for it whilst it was going on. Anyway, so yeah, that's that's the the whole whole raft of roster cuts that we've had this time, um, and there, there were some other bits and bobs that have happened throughout the month. But to be honest, there's so much going on. Um, I've, I've I've capped it there. So you know, if you want to continue the debate. Go for it. Leave us some comments. See what you think. Uh, let us know what you think about the uh, the cuts. Who uh, 
who you'd like to see them bring in instead if you'd like to see anybody else jump over from AEW perhaps or anywhere else uh, but for right now we will move on because we are here for some fast lane predictions and it's that time Fastlane takes place this coming Saturday and it comes to us from the Gamebridge Fieldhouse in Indianapolis. At the time of writing, we've got five announced matches. Uh, we've always, 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 always going to be taking the match information from WWE.com and it is correct at the time of recording. So, what are these matches I hear you cry? Uh, and, and to be fair, before we came on air, it's exactly the cry that I got from the lads because uh, me being a terrible, terrible host forgot to send the match listing out. Um, but don't fear, I will reveal all. Maybe we'll get some different uh, predictions this time for a little more on the fly. Who indeed knows? Uh, but yeah, the first match I have on the card to discuss is the LWO. So Rey Mysterio, Santos Escobar and either Joaquin Wilde or Cruz del Toro because they haven't nailed it down versus Bobby Lashley, Montez Ford and Angelo Dawkins. I mean, supposedly known at this point as uh, Hurt Business 2.0, Diet Hurt Business. Not, not surely, surely yeah. based, based on what they're sort of currently coming out wearing. Hurt Business. Just call themselves the Shirt Business. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, that's AEW, Paul. Come on. Well. T-shirt business. Anyway, um... So yeah, ever since Lashley seemingly recruited the Street Profits a few weeks ago, the newly formed faction have been looking to make a statement on Friday nights at the expense of anybody who gets in their way. In, sh in the short amount of time they have been together, the group have already had runners with Judgment Day, with the OC, with Brawling Brutes, and, yep, yeah, the LWO. And following a beatdown at the hands of Lashley and his crew after defending his US title against stablemate Santos Escobar, Mysterio had had enough and issued a challenge for a six-man tag match at Fastlane. So, who wins? The team that nobody cares about currently, um, or the brand new team that they need to get some steam behind? Don't let me influence your decisions, gentlemen. Um, yeah, to that end, I I'll, I'll dive in first on this one for a change, and I've gone for, funnily enough, Lashley and the Street Profits. I've gone for Big Hurt Business as well. Big hurt, hurty. I'm gonna, I'm gonna change their name officially to Hurtier Business. I like. Yep, shirt, shirt business for me, please. Okay. Uh, okay, right. That's and and I'm pretty sure I saw some big old agreement from Mr. Cook there. Is that correct, Mr. Cook? Absolutely. Positively. Right. I threw that one in first because you could probably tell from. The, the spiel beforehand that I kind of expected that to be a, um, a clean sweep the next one however maybe not so much uh, and the next one on my list is the WWE women's title triple threat match between EO Sky Asuka and Charlotte Flair so EO has had a lot to prove as champion uh, but so far she's doing pretty well uh, however the match this coming weekend was one that she didn't really agree to uh, this was done for her by her damage control teammate, Bailey. Uh, Bailey lost to Charlotte Flair on the 29th of September, and following the match, Asuka stormed to the ring to challenge both Flair and the champion. To the shock of the champion, Bailey accepted on her behalf. So, can Io get over this and retain the title, or will Asuka or Charlotte Flair add to their already impressive list of accomplishments? Uh, Matt, do you want to go first? Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna stay with it. Eo Sky 
retain. But I'm not very confident with that. I don't think it's a big enough pay-per-view or premium live event to put it on Flair. She likes... They normally put it on a big event. Um, I just don't think they're going to put it back on Asuka. So that's why I've come with the EOS guy. But, yeah. Not confident. Okay. Paul? Yeah, same for me. Um, And obviously... They don't usually need like excuses to put the title on to um, old C Flair, but um, yeah, it just sort of we we it feels like we're in a bit of a lull now until Survivor Series, and they don't really want to shape things too much. Well, it certainly wouldn't if I was the person in charge of creative, so to speak. Okay, so, yeah, return for EO for me. Yeah, you're in for that, Andy. Yep, absolutely agree with everything that's been said so far. Okay. Well, you three are in for EO. Uh, and I have gone for Charlotte Flair. So I'm a little, little bit of the opposite of Paul in this, in this regard, in the sense of, yeah, we are heading into Survivor Series. Um, I think they'll want the title on her, personally. It's a bigger name taking it in, so I've, I've gone the other way on that one. But yep, yeah, Charlotte Flair for me. And as Matt uh, rightly said, a flair in a title match, can you ever really rule them out fully? Probably not. So that's it. Uh, right, third one on the card for me is a tag team match. We've got John Cena and LA Knight versus Solo Sokoa and Jimmy Uso. Cena made his triumphant return to SmackDown last month and has absolutely nothing to do with the writer's strike or WWE trying to break into India at all. Also, definitely the first one of those, not the reason why The Rock showed back up either. Uh, Tension between Cena and the Bloodline started to build instantly, escalating further when Cena came to the aid of AJ Styles, who was on the receiving end of a Bloodline beatdown. Styles was taken out just moments before the contract was due to be signed for this tag match. And the following week, the Bloodline set their sights on Cena. But LA Knight arrived on the scene to remind everyone whose game it is, picked up the contract and signed it himself. So um, he he helped Cena regain control then. uh, But can he help uh, Cena pick up a win over the Bloodline on a premium live event? Uh, Andy, do you want to go first on this one? I've got John Cena and LA Knight. I imagine Cena will be uh, will be off shortly, but uh, at the moment, I imagine hanging around for a little while. So uh, might as well have a cheeky win out of it. So yeah, you'll be able to I'm, see him getting a win. I'm I'm pretty sure that he posted a schedule about a month ago, um, and it ran I think all the way up until November time from memory. So, yeah, I think he's got probably about another, a minimum of about another month left, I would yeah. have thought, on his current, current thing. So, okay, that's cool. Uh, Paul? Yeah, same for me. I don't think uh, Cena doesn't exactly come back to lose matches, does he? I mean, do, does it change your opinion, though, if, uh, I don't know, like a, the, the guest referee happens to change in, in the LA night match this time, or...? Well, I mean, if, if the if the guest referee gets announced about eight eight, eight seconds before the match is Paul Heyman, I might change my mind. <laughs> but um, no, thank you. It won't be it won't be Paul Heyman. It'll be his his best mate who we gave a hug to backstage. Now it'll be the Dwayne running in for a, che- a check or a pity or. 
you of all people would be the first to be loving it if that happened. So I would be I the first person. I would be the first person to switch my idea of the toilet break of the uh, premium. Lies, lies. I mean, says the guy sat here wearing pretty much a John Cena t-shirt, but um, it does say up at the bottom. There you go, look, it doesn't say anything rude. <laughs> Matt? I've gone with the Cena, LA Knight, <clears throat> kind of, he's there, I assume he's kind of almost there to put LA Knight even further over than what he is at the moment, and they can have a big old kind of knees up at the end, slash possibly LA Knight pushes it too far and gets kind of attitude adjusted or something like that. I've, I've gone for the same, for the same reason. I think that he's there for the, for the rub, as it were. Um, I don't think they'll end up going against each other, though. I think they've inadvertently, you know, whether they believe it would happen or not, the WWE have kind of struck a bit of a... Um, a hot streak with LA Knight in terms of him being a, a good guy, so I don't think they'll they'll turn him, and they certainly ain't turning Cena. So um, I, th- I think they'll stick together. I think. Uh, bit famous last words when we get the long-awaited Cena heels. Could you imagine? If in, in, of all the matches as well that, we've, that it could have possibly happened over the course of time, and they pick this absolutely semi-meaningless tag team match to do it. Um, I think the bigger story that we've kind of glossed over somewhat is the the Solo Sikoa Jimmy Uso stuff because Jimmy's obviously still trying to work his way back into the bloodline, sort of, and Roman's good books. So we we might have also. You know, all took a misstep on that one. It might, it might be that that's what it is that uh, gets him back in. But I can see it being used to add a bit more friction than anything else right now. Um, okay, so two more matches to go. Two more title matches to go. And the first one of those is the WWE Undisputed Tag Team Titles. So the Judgment Day, Finn Balor and Damian Priest going in as champions, defending against. Jey Uso and Cody Rhodes um, with a Judgment Day storyline recently Rhea Ripley took a bit of a leave of absence to recover from an injury at the hands of a returning Nia Jax I was waiting for that reaction Matt thank you very much for delivering um, she returned but not to the wealth of gold and victories her faction have enjoyed of late while she was taking stock of recent results a confrontation between uh, Jey Uso Cody Rhodes and his Judgment Day members, uh, and uh, sorry, and the Judgment Day members broke out, causing Adam Pearce to book the tag team title match for this coming weekend. Now, we all know about the history of Jay and Cody. Uh, I guess we'll find out if they can coexist as a team, take the titles, maybe. Also, though, in the sort of periphery of the story, we've got Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens just kind of sat around the edges. They've not really been too prevalent on TV for the last like week maybe with regards to this but certainly the two weeks before it they have um so i'd be interested to know if if they're going to have kind of a hand in this match at all or not or if it's going to be the same old rinse and repeat judgment day numbers game that has been their sort of mo really um since the last time we were on dominic mysterio lost the north american title and then regained it straight away um, because he lost it when they had no numbers advantage and then won it back when 
every man and his dog turned up to help him, um, including, um, well, like the the second the second of the Irish uh, sort of you know beardy men of the group in the sense of Diet Fimbala turned up JD McDonough still auditioning for his part in Judgment Day. Uh, but yeah, so who is going to win the Judgment Day? Are they going to retain? Or are we going to see the unlikely duo of Jey Uso and Cody Rhodes take home some gold? Andy? Andy's straight up there. Nah, just it's just ju- Judgment Day for me. The, the this, this Cody Rhodes thing doesn't... It, it, a, a, a sort of tag team situation doesn't really fit. I think, it, I think it's just a bit of a placeholder. I think it's just... Uh, do do that for now, and we'll we'll sort out some uh, some high, more high profile singles matches further down the line. So it doesn't make a lot of sense to to go down a tag team route at this point. I'm I'm with you on that one. I've gone Judgment Day as well. Um, placeholder is the perfect word I would use. Uh, the the pulling this thing at the moment, whereby Cody pulled some strings to get uh, Jay his job on Raw, but that means that. And they've said it three or four times, and they keep going back to it that somewhere along the line, someone's going to get traded to SmackDown. Mm, I wonder who that might be. But they haven't mentioned who that's going to be, Paul. So we clearly don't know that it's going to be Cody Rhodes when the time is right. Oh, oh, oh I said right. that. What, what's that? <laughs> Maybe gets traded to SmackDown the day after he wins the Royal Rumble. Some might say. Now he doesn't need to win the Royal Rumble because then if he's already on SmackDown. It can it can go that way. I would say he'll be on SmackDown before the Royal Rumble, and um, somebody from Raw will win the Rumble, and it'll be the that'll be the Rollins match, and the Cody match doesn't need well to win behind we it. We don't know what your favourite wrestler's going to be doing at WrestleMania yet, do we? Oh, uh, absolutely nothing. Hopefully, look. This is what happens, you see, when there's a whole host of roster cuts, and look how happy he is that Baron Corbin's not one of them. So, would that would that just like to sort of like go off onto a massive tangent, of course, to uh, you know really give the podcast listeners what they want to hear? Would that be your ideal WrestleMania main event, Baron Corbin versus The Rock? I mean, if that ever happened, I think not only the people booking it but everybody watching it would need to have had at least several blows to the head anyway Paul are you going to are you going to give us the winner of the, the tag team <laughs> yeah that would be nice this one confuses me because so obviously WWE have had this thing in the past where they have the sort of the tag teams that are the strange bedfellows sort of thing where you've got guys that are about to sort of face each other end up teaming up to take on the tag title to take on the tag team title holders and end up winning it seems stupid to get to give a loss to either Cody or Jay at the minute because they're both like on that trajectory of like they're both sort of main event players and they need to keep them on that and like stuff like that. But I don't think the time's right to take the titles off of the Judgment Day. So, um, I'll go for Cody and Jay to win, but by like disqualification. 
Okay, that's not that's not a bad shout to be fair. And Matt to close us out on that one. He's taken my prediction there. Because that's what I thought it was. That's what I thought. And then it's a lead into Survivor Series for some kind of Cody J. Well, it's, it's, like, people, have been saying, people have been saying Bridge, they think it's basically going to be Bloodline versus Zane, Owens, Jay, and Cody War Games. So. I think as well, though, as well, if you chuck in, I mean, obviously not quite, you can't have Rhea Ripley in, but um, chuck in the Judgment Day, and you got a lot of flippy, jumpy, bouncy kind of, you know, people like seeing uh, Dom get bounced around the War Games kind of cage as well, so I kind of think that, that mm. kind of thing. So, yeah, same, same as Paul, which is, I thought I was being clever. Potential three team War Game match being touted there that I quite like the sound of, though. Hmm. Yeah. Did they have a three or four last time? They've done it in um, NXT before where they've had three teams of three. I've, I've watched that. Oh, I think most people would. That's why they've got old uh, GD. It's the spare man. In case Finn Balor gets injured, nobody will notice if Right, last one then. So, the World Heavyweight Championship match this time around is a last man standing match. So, Seth freaking Rollins as champion defending against good old Shinny Nak. Um, Nakamura will never have a better chance to take a top title in WWE. Facing a injured champion in a stipulation that lends itself to brutality, you'd think that Shinsuke has a decent chance here. Anyway, Rollins is still the first in the new line of World Heavyweight Champions and has enjoyed a successful reign so far, but the revelation of the weakened back has flipped a switch in the current champion, and maybe one of desperation, perhaps. Uh, so despite beating Nakamura at payback, Rollins wouldn't be done with the challenger there, as the very next night, Shinsuke came back for more, infuriating the current champion to the point of challenging Nakamura to another match of his choosing. Uh, with the power in his hands, Shinsuke chose... The last man standing match. But will he be able to take advantage this coming weekend? Gentlemen, the last prediction of the podcast. I'm going to jump straight in and say Rollins. Purely because I can't see that they're ever going to enjoy putting a world title on Shinsuke Nakamura for some reason. Despite the fact he is fucking awesome when he's when allowed to be. So, apologies if that's just... Um, trampled all over it <laughs> but yeah any, any anybody else want to jump in it's one of them ones where you, I, I was hope I thought about it and I thought they're not gonna they're not gonna change that title on a smaller pay-per-view PLE whatever they want to call them um, but it's a shame because it'd be quite good if this match was at Survivor Series because it's the kind of key, surviving, last man standing, that type of thing. But yeah, Rollins. Okay, I'm going to down for that. Andy? Yeah, um, Shinsuke Nakamura, please. Ooh! It's time. It's time. It's time to stick that title. A late, a late era title run. I would love it if he wins. Like I, I feel like Rollins is purely 
the pick of the brain, the heart would like Shinsuke to have a good run with it. So I hope you are right. It's time. Uh, time to do it now. If this is when we've talked before about him booking himself into a corner. If Shinsuke doesn't get a title now, he's never going to have one. Ever. Yeah. So stick it on him now. Have a, bit, have a bit of a run, and then change it for one of the bigger pay-per-views. Paul? I'm pretty sure I've picked Nakamura for the books for the previous two matches in this particular uh, round-up. So I can't I can't dive off him now, can I? So sit me down for another... Sit me down for Nakamura as well. Ooh, okay. So we have some differences this time, which is good. Um... Who knows, Paul? You might you might not have to do the tiebreak question when you come last next time as well. Who knows? Um, <laughs> no, I shouldn't say that because I very much appreciate you getting that together. So that's cool. With so that zero points from five matches, Stuart Woodman, see, ladies and gentlemen. It would not be the first time, and you full well. I mean, if he gets zero, then we're all buggered because uh, I think <laughs> very messed up. We've gone from like five. Is getting five out of our five out of six to one. Uh, oh, with one, with one. Winning it is like, oh yeah, marvelous. <laughs> so yeah, so that is everything. Everything is in the book. Um, if you have um, listened and watched along, very much appreciated. Thank you very much for doing so. If you haven't already done so, though, please do consider clicking that uh, subscribe button on the YouTube's, giving it a good old share around. And uh, yeah, if you've got anybody that likes wrestling. Football, Formula One, anything like that. Just uh, share the podcast. Appreciate it. Right, anything else, guys, This uh, for this episode? No, no, no. All set. Right. Well, then, it's, it's time to stick it in gear and uh, crack on to Fastlane. Enjoy the weekend, and uh, we shall see you next time. So there you go. What do you think of that? Another wrestling event gone. Another wrestling event to come. Fast lane coming thick and fast. Hmm. Big thank you for watching. Big thank you for listening. Big thank you for being here. If I can just get a couple of things before we go. Do like, share, subscribe and comment. Leave a review where you can leave a review. Share the podcast around people. That's the big one. Uh, check out the website, thecookiecast.com. There we've got social media links and an email button. And that way you can get in touch with us. Send us your predictions. Who do you think is going to win the matches? That is it for this one. Until next time, I'm going to say bye, and I'll see you then. Thanks for listening. If you liked this episode of Cookie Cast, please like, share, and subscribe.